0: Once again, we count it a privilege to welcome you to another broadcast of Let the Bible Speak. Today, we'll hear another message in the Life and Earthly Ministry of the Lord Jesus Christ, a series preached by Dr. Alan Cairns, founder of Let the Bible Speak Radio Ministries. We'll hear from Dr. Cairns shortly. First of all, we invite you to enjoy this devotional thought from the pen of C.H. Spurgeon, as found in his collection called Morning and Evening. This morning's text is found in Isaiah chapter 41 and verse 14. I will help thee, saith the Lord. This morning let us hear the Lord Jesus speak to each one of us. I will help thee. It is a small thing for me, thy God, to help thee. Consider what I have done already. What, not help thee? Why, I bought thee with my blood. What, not help thee? I have died for thee. And if I have done the greater, will I not do the less? Help thee, it is the least thing I will ever do for thee. I have done more, and will do more. Before the world began, I chose thee. I made the covenant for thee. I laid aside my glory, and became a man for thee. I gave my life for thee. And if I did all this, I will surely help thee now. In helping thee, I am giving thee what I bought for thee already. If thou hadst need of a thousand times as much help, I would give it thee. Thou requirest little compared with what I am ready to give. Tis much for thee to need, but it is nothing for me to bestow. Help thee? Fear not. If there were an ant at the door of thy granary asking for help, it would not ruin thee to give him a handful of thy wheat. And thou art nothing but a tiny insect at the door of my all-sufficiency. I will help thee. O my soul, is not this enough? Dost thou need more strength than the omnipotence of the united Trinity? Dost thou want more wisdom than exists in the Father, more love than displays itself in the Son, or more power than is manifest in the influences of the Spirit? Bring hither thine empty pitcher, surely this well will fill it. Haste, gather up thy wants, and bring them here, thine emptiness, thy woes, thy needs." BEHOLD, THIS RIVER OF GOD IS FULL FOR THY SUPPLY, WHAT CANST THOU DESIRE BESIDE? GO FORTH, MY SOUL, IN THIS THY MIGHT, THE ETERNAL GOD IS THINE HELPER. FEAR NOT, I AM WITH THEE, O BE NOT DISMAYED, I, I AM THY GOD, AND WILL STILL GIVE THEE AID. If you have been blessed by the beautiful sacred music which forms a part of Let the Bible Speak, you may obtain a CD containing a sampling of these Christ-honoring selections. Entitled, Our Great Redeemer's Praise, this CD will provide you with nearly an hour of such beloved pieces as Praise My Soul, the King of Heaven, Be Still, My Soul, May the Mind of Christ My Savior, and In Heavenly Love Abiding, These songs are performed by the various musical groups of Bob Jones University in Greenville, South Carolina. This CD is available free of charge to our Let the Bible Speak listeners. To obtain a copy, you may contact us by email, by telephone, or by regular mail. You may call 864-244-2408. That's 864-244-2408. You may email us at info at org, That's info at org, Or you may write, Let the Bible Speak, 1207 Haywood Road, Greenville, South Carolina, 29615. That's Let the Bible Speak, 1207 Haywood Road, Greenville, South Carolina, 29615. Ask for your free copy of Our Great Redeemer's Praise. Call or write for your copy today. Today on Let the Bible Speak, Dr. Cairns brings the next portion of a message called The Tide of Virtue and the Touch of Faith. In verses 34 through 36 of Matthew chapter 14, we find Christ being thronged by a vast multitude of people who brought great numbers of sick and afflicted folk to Him. In a great demonstration of His compassion and power, He healed every one of them, both physically and spiritually. The first lesson Dr. Cairns has emphasized from this account is that Christ has enough virtue to meet the needs of all who come to Him in faith. Then the Savior places Himself where needy souls can reach Him. He is the available and accessible Christ. He answers the cries of the sick in body and in soul. Now here is Dr. Cairns to continue the message, The Tide of Virtue and the Touch of Faith.
1: You look at this congregation this morning, I can see faces, I cannot see hearts, but I will guarantee there's not a pew, there's not a row in this congregation. I will go further. There is not an individual in this congregation this morning, but is beset by great need. Some of you need to be saved. If you died in that seat, you'd be damned in God's hell and you know it. There are people here who are saved, and you know you're saved. You can see in your life when God stepped in and Christ redeemed you and Christ changed you and made you a new creature, and now you've passed from death unto life. But where you sit this morning, you know that as far as your fellowship with God is concerned, you're far off, backslidden in heart and perhaps even in behavior. There are others, your body's racked with pain. The future is very uncertain. A great cloud hangs over your home or over your heart. There are others, and you're struggling in prayer for your sons and for your daughters, wondering how it is with their soul, praying that God will bring your loved ones into Christ. There are yet others and there are stresses in your mind that I know nothing of. Stresses in your home. Stresses in your marriage. Stresses in your business. I tell you, look at this congregation and you have Gennesaret all over again. But I want to tell you there is no danger of our needs being too great for the Savior. You think of why the Lord Jesus came. When the Father appointed him to come into the world, he called him my servant, mine elect. I have put my spirit upon him. He says, He shall not fail, he shall not be discouraged. Listen carefully. He says, I have given him for a covenant of the people, for a light to the Gentiles, to open the eyes of the blind, to bring out the prisoners, and them that sit in darkness out of the prison house. When Jesus came on his public ministry, he says, the Spirit of the Lord God is upon me. He hath anointed me to preach good tidings to the meek. He hath sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, the opening of the prison to them that are bound to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. The passage from which he was quoting in Isaiah 61 goes on to say, to appoint to them that mourn in Zion, to give unto them beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness, that they might be called trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that he might be glorified. Men and women, that's why our Savior came. He came fully equipped to do the job at hand. His saving virtue and power extend to meet every need. It is not always his will to heal our bodies, for we all, if he tarries, must die sometime. But it is always his will to heal our souls. Thank God he forgives sin of every kind. Thank God he bridges the gulf between us and our God between earth and heaven. He calms the storms of life and he stills the swelling of Jordan as we approach unto death. He heals hearts that are broken. He heals homes that are broken. Fractured families... Miserable marriages, places that have suffered because of sin and self. He makes broken lives all over again. He takes as the potter the clay of your life. He puts it on the wheel, takes out the impurities... And in one of the loveliest statements of Scripture, he says, He makes it anew. Tell me, are we not a people this morning who need a new start? Do I not have a lot of people here, and I start with me, who need something new? Bless God. From the Lord Jesus Christ, grace and virtue flow as a mighty tide of blessing. And that tide can reach to you today. Because I want you to notice the second obvious thing that the Lord Jesus places himself where souls can easily reach him. Not only does he have the power and the virtue, but he places himself where souls can easily reach him. Following the storm on the Sea of Galilee, the Lord Jesus went to Gennesaret. Now, Gennesaret was not a place of seclusion. Gennesaret was not a remote place. It was not a place that was hard to find. In fact, according to the Jewish historian Josephus, uh, this Gennesaret was a little part on the northwestern shore of the Sea of Galilee, some four miles long by about two to three miles deep, and known as the most fertile part of the whole Galilean area. And I'm telling you that saying something. For the Galilean area is in many ways the most fertile part of all Israel. When you get a place like that, you get people. The Lord Jesus deliberately went to Gennesaret, where he knew the people would be. It was a place where he had been before. The people knew him. And thus, he was deliberately setting himself in the way, in the path of many, many needy souls— Immediately he was recognized, and then the word began to spread around, and he remained there. And interestingly, Mark carries it on beyond the immediate chronological context and tells us that he continued going around village after village. He remained there until everybody there who wanted to reach him could reach him, and then he went out to other places where others could come and reach him. What a picture of the Lord Jesus Christ. In your mind's eye this morning, can you see him getting off the boat? Can you see the startled gaze in the eyes of the beholders? He's come. Can you hear the sound going around Gennesaret? Jesus of Nazareth has come. The crowds start coming. Those who can't make their own way are crying for help, and soon others are hauling them along. The little paths are crowded with people, and around the Savior there's this almighty crush as people are searching and trying to get away, and they're saying, Lord, let me but touch the hem of your garment. And he turned not one single soul away. I want you to get that. I preach to you this morning as one utterly, absolutely, totally and irrevocably convinced of what are called the doctrines of grace. I believe in the eternal decree of God's electing love. I believe in the particular redemption of Christ's atoning death. But man, let me tell you, I abominate with every ounce of my energy that perversion of the Reformation doctrine that these hypers come along and they they paint the picture of a Christ who is so remote, so unwilling. I have read books by so-called Calvinistic preachers who tell me of weeping sinners who cannot find the Savior because he doesn't want to be found. I tell you, they are liars. Liars, blasphemers of the Savior who, first of all, is always the available Christ. He is the available Christ. You don't need to go to the mountaintop to find him. You don't need to plumb the depths of hell to find him. You don't need to take the wings of the morning to the uttermost parts of the earth to discover him. The word is nigh thee, even in thy mouth, the word of faith that we preach, that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead. Thou shalt be saved. He's available. You go out of this meeting this morning unsaved, unconverted, backslidden, or untouched. Don't tell me it's because the Lord Jesus was not willing to meet with you. He's the available Christ. He's the accessible Christ. This is no remote, distant teacher standing on some pedestal where people can't reach him. See him there right down among the people, touching the untouchable, being touched by the filthiest in society. You know the thing about the Savior? He not only condescended to be touched by sinners... But he welcomed their touch. He welcomed their touch. He is the accessible Christ. Can you reach him today? He says, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man will hear my voice and open the door, I will come in to him and will sup with him. And he with me. Whatever your need is, bring it to him today. Because if I may coin the term, he is the addressable Christ. There are things you maybe can't talk to me about. But you can talk to the Lord about them. You see, understand this. Whatever dark secrets you have in your heart... Whatever great shame the devil can bring to flood your soul with, it's known to the Lord already. There's not a thing about you he doesn't know. In fact, he knows it far better than you know. And he's willing. He's willing for your touch today. Bring your need to him. Address him. He says, call upon me. I'll answer. As many as called on the name of the Lord were saved. Every calling one will be saved. That's the force of Romans ten thirteen. Every calling one will be saved because Christ is always the answering Christ. I love to think of this, none ever appealed to him in vain. Nobody brought their trouble to him in vain. He had the answer. Although there were some people unwilling for his answer. A young man of great intellect and ability, but great pride and great lustfulness, a young man whose mother was praying for him night and day came under conviction of sin. And he prayed, Lord, save me from my sins, but not just yet. He got no answer. Then he prayed, Lord, save me from my sins, except this sin. And he got no answer, for God is not in the business of doing deals with sinners. And then brought to the end of himself, he cried, God, save me. Now, from all my sin. And immediately God answered him. And Augustine of Hippo, as he became known to church history, became a child of God. Jesus is the answering Christ. this creates a glorious opportunity. Whatever your need this morning, let me tell you, Christ awaits our coming. He gives us every opportunity to bring our needs to him. And indeed, do you see it in the text? All who are saved to bring others to him. They not only came themselves, they were scouring the countryside to bring others to the Lord Jesus. Oh, let us seize the opportunity this morning. This opportunity that the Lord gives us, let us seize it both to bring our own need to Him and to bring others to His feet.
0: You've been listening to Let the Bible Speak the radio ministry of the Free Presbyterian Church of North America. We hope you've enjoyed and benefited from today's program. We're here as your servants for Christ's sake. If we can be of any further help to you in the things of the Lord, we invite you to contact us. Our mailing address is Let the Bible Speak, 1207 Haywood Road, Greenville, South Carolina, 29615. That's Let the Bible Speak, 1207 Haywood Road, Greenville, South Carolina, 29615. If you wish, you may call us at one 244 2408 That's one 244 2408 Our email address is info at faithfpc.org. That's info at faithfpc.org.